This is Adam Gorney, the National Recruiting Director, here with our special guest for Tuesdays with Gorney, Craig Young, who is the father of former five-star quarterback Bryce Young and now the Alabama starting quarterback. I like to say five-star first and then Alabama. I think that's that's important. But I want to start, Craig, with an apology because you were the guy that told me Bryce was better than a lot of people thought he was early on, and and you were definitely right. And uh, quarterback dads tend to have high opinions of their sons, but in this case, it was dead on and from the beginning. But but let's go back to, to the beginning because I remember that Texas Tech offer. Yes. I remember that Cliff Kingsbury camp. And and you guys were pretty excited about that. What was that like to just get going? And, and now to see Kingsbury, you know, as an NFL coach too. Absolutely. absolutely. So um, first off, Adam, uh, apology accepted. <laughs> and you, you're still my man. You always will be. Um, so going back into that first – Offer. I I remember driving in the car after. Well, one I first remember the, the talk with him and Coach Kingsbury, and I remember the look in his eye. And um, it was kind of where it was like, wow, you know what? Maybe you will be able to play in college. Because it's always that first one's college, kind of like the affirmation, like you know what? All this hard work maybe will end up into a scholarship. And I remember that. And I remember going and trying to find the best steakhouse we could find in Lubbock and having a tomahawk. And I just couldn't remember the sense of accomplishment. So yeah. really, that um, probably. Not anything off the uh, on the field, but off the field. That's probably one of my most fondest memories of, of us and our relationship because that was just kind of a trip that we went went to together, and it was it was just you know, and it worked out great. And then it took off from there. I mean, basically everybody offered. You commit to USC, which is no surprise. I mean, he's a local kid. He loved USC. You loved USC. Everything happens there. The decommitment, and you end up at Alabama. Walk us through how that kind of happened, and just the thinking there, and how difficult. It is, you know, for a kid and a father to make that decision and kind of get through that together. Absolutely. And, um, you know, this has kind of been well chronicled. I know we've talked about it a lot. The first thing we want to say is um, I think anytime you change a commitment, it's difficult, um, especially for our family, because for us, we didn't take the word commitment lightly. And when we were at SC, we were 100 percent SC. And that's where um, we thought we would end up. And then through the recruiting recruiting process, you develop relationships with those coaching staffs, the other par- the other parents or the recruits, the kids in that class. So making that decision at that time was um, was very taxing and, and kind of difficult and gut wrenching and emotional for our family. But um, in the sense of when you make a decision, like most decisions, you have to be somewhat pragmatic as well and figure out what is the best situation for you to achieve your goals. And um, you know, for Bryce's goal is to maximize his potential as a football player, play for national championships, um, play for um, playing big games and um, be in the um, championship conversation every year and to be developed by the best and play against the best. And that's what Alabama um, signified to us. And that's kind of why we made that decision. But nothing against SC. It was just that that at that point in that time in our journey, Alabama was the best and was and still is the uh the best option for us for us and our family yeah and obviously a, a great decision and and it turned out incredibly well and he's and he's playing well as you take that alabama visit though and you see the place what do you experience as as people from california that haven't really experienced sec football the the feeling of it and just how important it is to people there and then you leave tuscaloosa and you're and you're flying home what what does that feel like as you go through that and we're gonna and kind of make the decision yeah we're we're gonna go here 
it's like, uh oh, <laughs> man, this is really real. Um, just to be, just to be completely honest with you, because I mean, even when you're when you're making that visit, still in your heart, you're like, you know what, um, this is where we're gonna be. But then when you go to a place um, like um, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and just see, I think a lot of people see the football side of it. Yeah. They see the championships and they see the SEC and they see the the, the huge crowds, which is which is um, a major factor. But what they don't see is the complete program when you're talking about the strength and conditioning, the nutrition, the um, the recovery, the um, the academic support, the um, the nutrition, um, even the the mental health and the sports psychology component, and then the way that Coach Saban and the program has. Um, either former Alabama players or leaders in the in their industry, either be sports, entertainment, or whatever, come and talk to the players and and, and breathe that life into them and um, share those experiences. It's a complete and total program. And then with um, and, and you know, and they do a great job of recruiting. And then also when you know when Coach Saban and and at that point uh, Coach Sark feel like you could be one of the best players in the country for one of the best teams in the country. That's a hard thing to. Um, you know, it gives you pause. Yeah, <laughs> so we, yeah. we paused and then we made a decision to, to, um, well, Bryce made the decision to go to Tuscaloosa. We've all seen the pictures on Twitter of Nick Saban standing there smiling with someone in his office and the couch and the desk and the whole thing. And yes. what is that hard sell like? Cause he's the, he's the closer, right? Like he's the guy that really, you know, puts the polish on it. What, what was that like for you guys as you sit there and he says, we want you to be, you know, our quarterback of the future. What's, What's really cool um, and more and kind of poignant, Adam, is that it's not a hard sell because it sells yeah. itself. Right. Uh, when you're when you're in that and when you're when you're on that couch, you know, in, in that nice little office, and you see the rings in front of you, and you see um, Coach Saban very um, very detailed, very pragmatic, in a very real way, explaining to you how he develops players and how this program. And when you when when you're as a dad, you're sitting there, and they said, you know. He, he lists how many left tackles are first round picks. When you talk about how many receivers um, have been first round picks, as a as a as a as a dad and as a quarterback, those are those things resonate with you. Um, you know, you left tackle your offensive line because um, the quarterback for all the um, for all the attention and accolades it gets is is a, is a dependent position. You're dependent upon your line. You're dependent on your receivers. You're dependent on your offensive coordinator. And at Alabama, all those things are, um, you know, are top notch. So when you sit there, and it's you know, it's a little mesmerizing because you know this is Coach Saban. You've seen him, and even as a Pac-12 guy and a West Coast guy, you 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 know the gravitas of Coach Saban. And just yeah. trying to see that and to, to be in that room, it, it's kind of surreal. You're like, wow, is, am I really right across from Coach Saban? We're really talking like this, but um, he has a way of of being very disarming and making you feel comfortable and just saying, I'm going to explain to you why our program is the best and why I feel like it's the best um, fit for your, for your son and how it could help develop him and take him to the next level. And at the end of the day, when you're as a family, and I say this all families, when you're getting recruited, that's really what you want to know, want to, want to get to. You want to, you want to understand what is the plan. And then after the plan, how have you executed it? And then, okay, show me, um evidence of this plan of the execution in the Alabama there you know that they can show you <laughs> they have you know all you got to do is look at the wall or look at or look at all those rings in front of you we uh we've talked about this over the years so many times and it's great to see um but I, but 
Bryce's size, and they still talk about it on TV. And it's been a question for for our rankings, and we've had this discussion a million times. And and you know, and then you see him play. And and in senior year, modern day St. Francis from Baltimore comes out. They have guys at Alabama now, and they looked like they were going to swallow him up, and he torched them. And then Miami, they have guys coming off the edge, and he torches them. He goes to Florida and puts twenty one on the in the you know early on in the game. Um, when you are you are you ever surprised by what he could do on the field, where he could put the ball, just the calmness? You know, the 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 first game against Miami doesn't bother him. Going into the swamp on a Saturday night doesn't bother him. Are you ever taken aback by even what your your son can do, even though you've seen it time and time and time again? Um, the short answer is no. Yes. <laughs> and um, and Adam, I'm so happy because you mentioned size. I'm so happy that um, you haven't screenshot any of those long texts that I used to send you. <laughs> I still have them. I still have them. <laughs> Are you saving them for? <laughs> oh, I saved them. <laughs> so um, so and and again, like I said, um. Adam and I go a long way, and, and um, Adam um, has always been kind of a champion for Bryson, and um, I still remember literally you were the first write-up that he has. So we're so um, it's always going to be love. But yeah. um, to your to your point about um, the size, you know what? At this point in time, I feel like that's um, if they want to mention it, then that's everyone else's issue yeah. because at the end of the day, it's really about production. And I, and I think that's part of his journey. And I think we're always, we're meant to do things and, um, and we have, and we have certain gifts. And so when, um, when those gifts are undeniable, then your size and all that stuff really aren't going to matter. And I think for families, for kids recruiting who aren't the ideal size, um, control the things you can control because you can't make yourself grow. Now you can get, you can get into the best physical condition you can be in, you can work hard, but master your craft. And by no means has Bryce mastered it because obviously there's 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 room for growth. But we develop some adaptations for your size to make sure that you to you you can outplay some of the bias. And with that, like with and, and Adam, you you know that um, better than anybody because you can list his attributes. But like quick release, high IQ, get your footwork, be able to uh, dissect these defenses. Have uh, have arm strength. Make sure that you you're getting coached up, and make sure you're technically sound in your release. Do control the things that you can control. And Bryce does a really good job, and, and an infinitely better job than me, that, of not really paying attention to people saying what he can't do or size. He really compartmentalizes and focuses on the things that he can control. And he's not fueled by that. Like for me, I'd be fueled by that. Like I'm going to prove everything wrong. No, he's he's internally fueled by just being the best that he can be and controlling what he can control. And I also think too, Craig, we've seen a like a metamorphosis of the position, even yes, even from the start of his recruitment. Absolutely, um, there was almost a rule that if you're under six feet or not over six three, you couldn't be a five star. Or, uh, you know, and <clears throat> pocket passers were, were were everything. Pro style was everything. And now, you know, half the league is are guys that run around. And, and it's not exactly like Bryce runs around and has to do that all the time. But it's definitely like the position has changed. But it's also nice to see. And you kind of notice this, you know, watching Saban's press conferences, even him on the sideline, you know, Bill O'Brien. It seems like there's a trust level there that is rare for a, such a young quarterback that there's like a there's like an acceptance that Bryce knows what's going on. And I'm going to let him run this offense. Have you kind of noticed that? Because 
you, I watch college football all Saturday and half the coaches out there are just screaming and yelling at their quarterbacks half the time. And don't really sort of accept that he knows what's going on. Let him run the offense. I don't need to be in his face every time. I think, um, and I, and Bryce has said this in his, um, in a lot of his interviews, like trust is earned through preparation and performance. And so I think there's a level of trust just because they know that he's put in the work. They know that he's going to, you know, that he's in the film room. They know that um, he's really dedicated himself because I, you don't get there without sacrifice. And so um, for a lot of the recruits and for people out there, you, you're going to have to sacrifice. Like, there's going to be there's going to be parties you're not going to be able to go to. There's going to be um, uh, places you're not going to be able to go. There's going to be things you're going to have to turn down because you're putting in the work. And so and also it goes it speaks to the kind of like the Alabama coaching. I think there's uh, when when you've won and you've done it for a long time, like coach has. Like Coach Saban has, I think that there's a level, you know, there's a level of comfort and calmness. So yes, they definitely, I, I've, I've noticed that as well, but I think that that's earned. And I also agree with you a lot about how the a position has, has changed. And I think that's in one of those long emails I sent you as well. Um, <laughs> I think, um, you know, we don't talk about Johnny Manziel a lot because of some of the issues, but um, leading up to that, he was kind of the, uh, you know, he was, he was a smaller guy, won the Heisman, did some things moving around. Then there was Russell Wilson, and then he started doing it. And then with Kyler, with um, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. And then what people don't also um, talk about is Drew Brees. Drew Brees is yeah. is is um, just because he doesn't run around. People don't. Um, he he is not a tall guy. So once you there's been more volume, um, more guys and more of a volume of work of guys doing it differently. I think it became more accepting. And then to rivals credit. Took y'all a while, but to your credit, the, the the rankings adapted with that. And also the game primarily is played in the gun. Primarily you're in the gun, spread out. You still have to find passing lanes. So I think it's different. So um, Bryce, his game and his style of play kind of um, developed at the right time where there was kind of, I think, where football was changing and, um, and developing in a different direction as well. This weekend, Alabama Ole Miss, obviously one of the biggest games in the country. Two former USC quarterback commits going at it. Matt Corral against Bryce Lane, Saban, the whole the whole thing. The, the storylines are endless. While I have you for one more minute, quickly on NIL. Obviously, it was a big thing mm-hmm. early in the season. Absolutely. Uh, there were some comments made about how much money he's making, all those kinds of things. Yes. I see you have a very nice place where, where you're staying. Right <laughs> yeah, <absolutely>. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, Go ahead. How do you see it as the father of a quarterback? Should it be important in recruiting? Is it something that is inevitably going to change the sport? Or is it just something that, you know, kids should be able to make money just like a teen actor or teen musician or whatever should be able to make money? How how do you kind of see the whole thing, especially with him who will be, you know, a, a face of college football, if not the Heisman Trophy, if not national championships and all that kind of stuff? Um, wow, Adam, it's a great question. So let me figure out how to, how to answer that. So I'm, I'm so I'm not, my comment isn't spliced all over the internet. That's um, what we're hoping. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, first and foremost, I think that, um, in anything, always keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's what they say a lot in Alabama. So you want to make sure that, um, Yes, NIL is a blessing and, frankly, a long time coming because a lot of athletes and collegiate athletes have fought and sacrificed and gone through some very significant um, time, hard times and hardships um, while universities um, made 
uh, large sums of money. So I yeah. think that um, I think that this discrepancy that it, that a discrepancy that has been evening that is finally evening out cannot be a bad thing in in itself. Um, and I think we need to take a step back and understand that. Um, secondarily, you want to just make sure that um, in anything in life, it's always performance based. So if you're performing and you're doing well, then they'll, and, and um, then obviously there should be there'll be some opportunities. And then how you how you um, take advantage of those opportunities is kind of up to the individual and the support system that you have around around um, and the team that you have. But always make sure that football is the most football and academics are the most important thing. And I don't think that um, NIL and athletes taking care of their business are two things that are mutually exclusive. I mean, sure. you you can still you can you can you can still you can still do both. So um, I can't forecast how it will change the the landscape of, of college athletics. But however, what I do think, like anything else. You want to just make sure that you have great people around you, that you are making decisions that, that are true to yourself and true to your family and that are responsible. And then you're taking a, you're, you're taking care of and keeping what's the most important, which is going to be getting your education and um, and performing on the football field and being a great person, and a great teammate. And if some endorsement opportunities come along the way, then that's a blessing. That's not that shouldn't be an issue. Great. Craig, thank you so much for the time. It's been great knowing you for years, and hopefully we'll know each other for many more. And uh, an invite on draft night, I will uh, <laughs> gladly accept. <laughs> Absolutely. Give, give your um, the best to you and your family, Adam. Thanks so much, Craig. All right.